Kia ora tātou te iwi. This is the blog post from the 7th of November 2019. We need to reinterpret our stories because who do you think documented them? Alrighty te whanau, we're on to Mahuika, Atua of Fire, for the Atua blog series. And the wānanga, the reflections between last week and now, have been crazy. Um, I ended the previous blog post talking about the reckless, uncontrolled flame that I felt myself becoming as anxiety and fear grew um, grew within me um, as some of our crew were lost in the forest. Um, but then I started to think, why do I think of fire as uncontrolled, wild and dangerous? This line of thought came from a collection of streams, the beautiful body of work by Ngahuia Murphy, uh, the current read, Women Who Run With Wolves, previous reads, uh, Outliers, and also beautiful conversations with Erica Larson last week. And basically, I feel like I'm waking up, or maybe I'm starting to remember. For example, when I think about fire, Mahuika comes to mind. When I think about Mahuika, I think about the Pūrākau, the story, the myth uh, depicting her and Maui. When I think about how Mahuika is portrayed, it's as an, it's as a, an old, cranky, unkept witch of a woman. And if we think about how storytelling is the most effective way to transfer knowledge and information, what does this subconsciously reinforce to us about wahine, their power, and mana? Uh, this portrayal of Mahuika, of wahine, of the feminine elements, makes her out to be the villain. The outsider, the weird, do-not-approach character of the story, while Maui is portrayed as the hero of, of sorts, um, maybe like anti-hero, um, who made fire accessible to all. And then I think of other pūdako about the Atua Wahine goddesses, and just want to make a quick note there that I believe like Atua are what is it called when there's no sex or there's no gender applied to it <laughs> like they're just atua and then there are masculine and feminine elements within each of them um, so we have tangaroa and hinemoana to balance that out with the sea and the ocean um, but then I think of other pūrāko about atua wahine about goddess Māori goddesses uh, which are extremely difficult to come by by the way and I continue to ask more questions why are there so few pūrāko about Atua Wahine? Why are the Atua Wahine portrayed in these stories if they are? And why are they portrayed a certain way? And with the writings I mentioned earlier in the post, it didn't take me too long to remember that the people responsible for observing, documenting and preserving a lot, if not all of our pūrāko, our mātauranga, our knowledge and cultural practices, did not understand our way of life. Colonial settlers came from a worldview that, ele that elevated the masculine and suppressed the feminine, one that considered men superior to women and women subject to the will of men. And it was through that lens, that lens, cannot emphasize this, cannot emphasize this enough, it was through that lens that they interpreted our pūrāko, our mātauranga, our knowledge and cultural practices, which meant that narrow focus is how the kōrero was documented and distributed as well. There's a masculine and feminine energy in all things, kind of like what I mentioned earlier. And how come we have over 70 atua with masculine characteristics like tāne, atua of the forest, Tafri Matea, Atua of the Winds, and etc., uh, but only so few feminine Atua Wahine. Why are Atua Wahine so typically portrayed in a negative light? 
with the exception of Papatuanuku and maybe a few others. Um, but even then, there's a strong masculine presence in all of our stories. But anyway, more posts to come on these topics in particular. Basically, we must reinterpret our stories and we can reinterpret our stories. Uh, we just need to peel away the layers. And through wānanga, we can do that. Um, stories are the most effective way to transfer knowledge and information. And we must ensure that knowledge and info is accurate and truthful. Let the fun begin. Tēnā tātou hana. And so that's the most recent blog post currently about Mahuika, but really I, I'm kind of, the vibe that I'm picking up is that we're using Mahuika, we'll be sharing different whakaaro from the stories or from the kōrero I know about her, but also using her as the vehicle to shine a light on um, this, not inequality, but this, um, the need that we, the need to reinterpret our stories. Right, she's just the first example, but there's so many others. And I don't know, I feel like I don't need to speak to this one too much because it's quite like self-explanatory um, because there's a, hmm, I think like I mentioned in the previous podcast episode, the previous blog read about how um, if you come from a certain worldview, that's how you see the world. That's like the lens that you're going to apply to whatever you come across, whatever you see. And so with our own stories, no, like I have no, there is no doubt in my mind that they've been diluted, that they've been influenced by the church, by colonial views and values. And yeah, there's just, if you don't understand what you're looking at, how are you going to document that truthfully? or objectively, right? As as they were observing our tupuna, um, there would have been things that they would have missed because it wouldn't have made sense to them to document. Um, and I am just assuming here there would be interactions between tāne and wahine, um, I don't know, transferal of power, all of those different things that um, may have been so subtle but an integral part of Māori life um, that would have gone amiss to um, the European colonial observers. And it's the same thing. Like if you find yourself um, amongst another culture, like you won't pick up on the different, um, I don't know, body language, gestures, um, little intricacies that come with each culture. Like you'll just, if you don't know what to look out for, how are you going to know that it's worth documenting? And so when it comes to Puraka, I think, oh, I know the same thing's been applied. Um, however, it's an ongoing process and I know, you know, I'm not going to do it by myself and we all have to do it together. And I think just asking the questions opens up that realm of possibility. Um, and so we need to be courageous in doing that and stepping into that unknown and just, I guess, having wānanga, just asking the question, what? is the core essence or what is this pūrāko really about and what layers have been added to it that don't belong. Goodbye, I'll leave it there. I'm keen to hear what you think, Itifano, so please send it through. Otherwise, I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, kōnā. Cool